Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. I'm Clint Horton. I'm an award-winning surveyor, part-time property investor and self-confessed entrepreneur. I believe that business is all about getting to know the people that you're dealing with and that's exactly what we're going to be doing on this podcast. We'll be having in-depth chats, asking the personal questions and ultimately getting candid. Good afternoon guys, welcome to today's podcast and I'm very fortunate today to have someone that I'm a I'm a bit of a fanboy of and um, someone that, as you may or may not know, um, is very big on the socials. He's done very well for himself at a very young age and I hope it's going to be very inspiring for all of my listeners out there. It's the one and only Joseph Alente. Um, so Joseph, mate, do you want to introduce yourself um, for the people? Yeah. Hi, Colin. Thanks so much for um, having me on. I really appreciate it. So I'm a 31-year-old entrepreneur, um, most famous for winning the BBC Apprentice in 2015. I'm an out-and-out underdog. Um, I'm aiming to leave a legacy on this planet that lasts a thousand years. (laughs) Every day I wake up obsessed um, with pushing to the next level, with trying to achieve something bigger, with trying to do something that's never been done before. And that's kind of ingrained in my DNA. Um, and at this age, I feel that, you know, I've got to make sure that I'm uh, I'm still striving, I'm still pushing. And, um, you know, I, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to do big things right now, big things right now. Mate, the energy is mad, mate. I love the energy. I'm one of those people that just thrives off energy uh, from people, mate. And it's infectious, mate. It's nice. I mean, so obviously you're doing the Trade Mastermind at the moment, aren't you? That's your main kind of business. So um, what is that for anyone that doesn't know what that is? So it's kind of um, a training and development business that supports construction businesses in the UK and America with traditional business skills, strategy, coaching, um, techniques, because most business owners start businesses because they were good at the job. They don't know how to run a business. They've never had formal business education. They don't know sales, marketing, finance, HR, recruitment, systems, processes. They kind of start because it's what they know. And that can take a business owner so far until actually it limits that business owner's growth. So what I decided to do was create a company that supported um, the construction industry specifically, seeing as I was from that, with the traditional skills that I was lucky enough to, you know, I went from 22 years of age, starting my business as a one man in a van. So by the time I was 29, running the largest independent boiler installation company in the UK as a CEO. So across oh. that journey in seven years, I developed, um, you know, some real um, high level skills that I felt that needed sharing. No, mate, it's, I mean, 
to get to do that at your age, mate, is absolutely mad. And I, I can really relate to it because I've, I've moved house recently and I've been using a lot of tradesmen. And I do find a lot of them do lack quite a bit of business sense. Like they're very much kind of one-man bands. And I think there's a real gap in the market. One of my friends is um, the air conditioning engineer, a little bit different to um, kind of, you know, boilers and stuff. But he, he, when I said you were coming on, he was absolutely buzzing, mate. And I think it's it's people like him who have got real kind of scope to kind of grow their business where I think what you're offering is actually a, fun, you know, a wicked product. I mean, how's the, how, how's the marketing for that? I mean, how do you kind of reach these kind of people? Because I think there's a lot of people out there don't necessarily realize that there's these facilities out there to kind of grow their businesses like mm. that. Um, is it kind of Instagram kind of being the main thing? Or um, so I, I'm a big fan of paid advertising. Yeah? yeah, that's what I do first and foremost. How much can I put in and how much am I going to get out? It's how I built an eight figure business um, the last time. And it's how I've, you know, scaled this one up to seven figures plus in the first kind of 10 months of starting it. You know, it's grown very, very quickly. We've done over a million in the first 10 months in sales. So I'm um, scaled fast. So I, I use Facebook, I use Instagram, but predominantly paid strategy. Yeah. Facebook now will pretty much get you in front of anybody that you want to advertise in front of. Yeah. The big things to um, kind of take into consideration are what is your cost per lead and what is your cost per acquisition yeah and making sure that you've got your numbers right and being prepared you know i don't want to jump around too much but being prepared whenever you're using a paid strategy that there is going to be some level of trial and test and investment and making sure that you see it through to getting to the point where you actually get an roi too many people put a little bit of money in they don't approach it properly with any skill set and then they pull back and think it was a waste of money when actually they didn't just go the distance um, and get the kind of the return that they needed. So whatever industry you're in or business you're in, Facebook gets you in front of anybody now. If you can create a good hook, a compelling story and have um, a good call to action um, and create a standout ad, you'll interrupt the feed time and time again and get results. Oh, mate, I've got to give it to you because on your um, on your social stuff, I think that's where, uh, obviously, I watch you on The Apprentice, which we'll touch on a little bit. Um, but it was your socials that really kind of caught my eye. And I think it was the way the way you approached it. It's, it's out there, mate, isn't it? It's the way I, I just love you, like, kind of no fucks kind of attitude, which I really, which I really <laughs> rate. I mean, is that like, because it grabbed my attention for sure. Like, I looked at it and I was like, fuck, man, this guy's ballsy. He's getting right out there and kind of doing this, he's doing this stuff. I mean, are you it's kind of not- approach it with a little bit of naivety um, as well. It's kind of you've got to go, you've got to go at it, you know, not with being prepared to, um, you know, being prepared to um, get good and negative feedback. I think people are so scared about what people are going to say about what they put out um, that they never put anything out or they put something so bland out that actually is never going to make an impact. You know, this world, I've just hired a new videographer and a new brand manager, right? So I don't feel like, you know, I, I appreciate you saying my socials are good, but I don't even feel like I'm anywhere close to as good as they could be. I don't feel like I approach it with enough discipline, consistency, um, and strategy. So I brought on some new guys because I feel, you know, in this in this day and age, there is so many good content creators and so many people, um, you know, having success on social media. It's like, how do you stand out now? 
yeah? Go back 10 years ago, you were um, a figure if you were on TV. Now everybody's a figure if they can do a good dance on TikTok and kind of build an audience. It's like, how do you cut through the noise? We are in the noisiest um, era that we have ever had. So if you're going to make a serious impact, you can't copy, you can't replicate, you have got to go in there and absolutely dominate, but you've got to be prepared to do something different. And, you know, and we're kind of just, cre- we're just kind of creating a strategy right now that's just what can we do that is different? How are we going to grab the attention? Because I don't want to copy what's out there at the moment. And you've got to be either controversial or have a completely unique character or, you know, just do things that have never been done before. So it's kind of seeing what's the next big thing. Um, and rather than, um, and rather than you know, being a sheep and waiting for it to happen, innovating and creating it is kind of my style. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel because I feel like Judgment is like a brand. It's yeah. almost like a, a persona. Um, are you are you are you that energetic? Like outside of what 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 I see is a can you know on as a as a, a voyeur on the kind of Instagram and stuff because it's I don't think you should change, mate. Don't change what you're doing. I think it's um, don't like I, I I like controversial stuff personally, mate. That's my yeah. Heart. I love stuff like that. Obviously, you've got to be careful what you say these days. But um, in terms of being energetic, I'm definitely this energetic out, oh, yeah. outside, outside of work. <laughs> Are you probably, still doing that more? You're I'm more probably energetic. more. I'm probably more reserved on social media, to be honest, than I am. Oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I've I've got ADHD, um, so that's kind of a, bit, a big driver in what I do. But I'm a very very passionate guy. You know, very very passionate, very energetic, um, and very full on. No, I rate that, mate. There's nothing wrong with that, mate. I mean, I was listening to your, I listened to your podcast just to kind of uh, the other day. I know um, the one about your morning routine. I'm a morning man, and I, yeah. I kind of align myself with other morning people. And <laughs> um, are you, are you still? What time are you getting up these days? What's your, what's your wake up time? Because on that podcast back then, which I think you recorded back in 2018, you were at, you were doing six o'clock. What are you doing yeah. these days? Um, you know, I've tried a number of different ones. I go to five o'clock, then I go to seven o'clock. Um, at the moment, I'm kind of, I'd say around the 6.30 mark. Yeah. Lying, um, mate. Say that again. It's a little late, that is. Yeah, about about I'd say about I say about six thirty, um, or six six to six thirty. I've got martial arts twice a week at the moment, so I'm kind of getting up at six a.m. on those days. But it's I I I do try and get to bed a lot earlier now. Um, but you know I go to bed maybe kind of ten eleven o'clock ish and try and get that sleeping because it is super important. Um, especially when you're trying to do you know content creation, you're trying to build the business, you're trying to work out and not cut out you know your healthy time um you've putting in the relationship time as well because to keep everything going you know you've got to you've got to be disciplined in that routine you've got to get the rest in um and um you know the last the last kind of eight years with impra i sacrificed a lot you know health at times fitness relationships and then now, when I was when I exited that business and got the opportunity to kind of start again, I was like, "Well, now there are some things this time that I'm not prepared to sacrifice. Now, there's some fundamental things that will get a time commitment from me, and one of them is working out. Yeah, sleep is going to be good. I'm gonna make sure I'm eating right. Um, 
So, you know, you don't burn out. I think at the beginning of this year, January and February, I started the year like an absolute <laughs> crazy man. Um, I think you know, we had our best record, best sales month um, on record in January and kind of through January and February, I didn't take a day off and I was probably having about three or four hours sleep a night, seven days a week, just going for it, insanity levels off that pure, um, you know, year starting of the year new year resolution um commitment and it burnt me out so i've kind of slowed down a little bit and i'm and i'm kind of getting up at a little bit later at the minute you're good mate i think that's something i've learned as well mate is, is you gotta make that time for yourself because you will burn out and then you'll start mm. to resent you start to resent what you're doing and that's the last thing you want to be doing is resenting the thing that kind of you know brings in the money um one thing i've got to do, congratulate you mate you've got a baby on the way haven't you as well I have, yeah. Thank you. He's. Um, I actually got to see him yesterday. I mean, the technology is incredible with these HD um, live scans that they do now. He's twenty eight weeks, and I saw his little face. Um, and it's my first. It's my first child. And I'm sure when they put the thing over his face, um, that as it went over his face, he grinned at me and was like, "You aren't ready for what's about to happen when I come out of here, Dad." It is kind of like you you don't realize what you've created, and I'm like, "Yes, come on, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you the king of the world, boy. You are gonna um, be you are gonna be like the best man ever." Oh mate, I, love, I fucking love that, mate. I'm, I'm buzzing <laughs> today. I can finally have to find someone that will have my kids. <laughs> you know, there's a Bruce Lee quote that says, um, "Don't give your kid all the things that you never had. Teach them all of the things that you never knew." Um, and uh, I think that's very, very powerful. Because I really struggled growing up. I didn't have a lot, and I didn't get taught a lot. But we didn't have any money or anything like that. But you know, I definitely would be looking after him. But most importantly, it's kind of the education. You know, I'm so inspired from day one um, to be, you know, drilling into his mind all of the things that I know, and just imagine the possibilities of who you could become if you had a coach from like day one and somebody that was like, that knew what they were doing and had achieved some things. If you had that figure in your life from day one, imagine who that boy will be when he's 20 years of age or 30 years of age. It's like, it's so, so, so exciting. Oh mate, mate, best of luck, mate. For yeah, when, uh, when, for little man arrives. Um, you touch, mate, you touch, you touched on your background there a little bit. So I'm keen because obviously you've got a hunger that I I, re- I resonate with. Um, where 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 has that come from? Obviously, you touch, you, you didn't grow up with much as a kid. I mean, don't have to go into anything too personal, mm-hmm. but it'd be great to know a little bit more just about you know about you just from you know what gave you that drive to become well we grew up it kind of in a village in a city called peterborough um there wasn't a lot of opportunity around um you know i had a great great mum mum was amazing but yeah mum mum did you know mum didn't and she's still here uh, but mum did like you know cleaning jobs or or dinner lady jobs never really anything you know a high um, paying or it wasn't, you know, a professional kind of role. So we didn't have a lot of money coming in from what she did. And my dad was an alcoholic and didn't work. So he would drink the money that my mum um, earned and we kind of were left in the middle. We didn't go out, but we didn't have the luxury of anything. You know, the, the, the kind of the TV or the record player or whatever it was that we had was bought by my uncle, who was a real super successful guy. Um, and I suppose... In, when I grew up, I, I used to look at things and I could never comprehend why I couldn't have something. You know, and I've always, I still have that mentality. 
if Jeff Bezos has just gone and bought uh, a 500 million pound super yacht, if he can have it, then why can't I? You know, it's kind of that mentality. And that's what it was like as a kid when I'd look in the back of the Argos magazine and go, you know, I want that PlayStation. And I'd say, can I have that PlayStation? They'd say, no, we can't afford to get you the PlayStation. Like, why can't you afford to get me the PlayStation? Yeah. Why? You know, why, 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 why can't you? The mon- why can't you just get more money kind of thing? Like, that was always my mentality. And then um, I soon realized that I just didn't want to live that way. You know, I didn't want to struggle. I didn't want to not have things. I didn't want to, you know, grow up um, without being able to go on holiday or having banged out old cars that other kids would, at school would take the piss out of. And, you know, all of that type of thing. And I thought, I've got to make a change. Like, I've got to do something to make my family live better than we are kind of currently living. But I put down a lot of my drive and success to being able to see that there was another life awaiting me. And that was because my uncle was very, very successful. So my mum's brother um, was like an MD of a big car finance company and stuff, very professional guy, worked in the cities. Um, And I'd see him like once every six months or so, and he'd come in a brand new BMW. He's a six foot three guy, really tall, you know, carry himself in a um, a strong manner and kind of own the room. And he just, I was in awe of the guy. I always was. He was just like, wow, like this figure. And then I'd look at my dad, who was kind of just a drunk bum. And I'd be like, what, why are you like that? Why are you not like him? Um, And I remember thinking that that's the guy that I want to be like. That's the guy that I'm going to become. And I do believe that so many people don't achieve the success that they can achieve is because they don't see what's possible for them. And, you know, if I'd have seen my uncle as kind of my friend's dad, for example, it would have been like, well, he must be from a better family. He must be from, you know, somewhere else. He must be from, you know, uh, money or whatever it may have been. Like, he's been given that. He's got more opportunity. So you kind of justify why he has been able to achieve um, based on something else rather than actually going, you know what, he's my family. And it was because he was my family. It made me realize that I could do it too. You imagine you grow up in a council estate and you look around and there's nobody achieving or, you know, nobody's kind of getting success or they're not, you know, delivering. And then you you see people that are and you think, actually, you know what, they must be given something else. They've got to be um, luckier than I am. And people can't break that mold. And luckily, I was able to see it, and I definitely broke the mold. Yes, mate, I fucking love that. <laughs> it's uh, it's just you got to have that vision, mate. You just got to tell. I hate when people say, "Oh, I'm, if I can get that done," it's like, "No, nah, fuck it. When are you going to get it done?" Yeah, like, don't, don't tell yourself, you know, because if you say "if," you're already saying that there's a problem. If you just say "when," it's going to absolutely fucking happen. Just got to fucking make it go. So I you swear a lot, mate. Apologies. But, um, you know, you're good. Um, and, and I did a video the other day about belief. Yeah, the one single fundamental thing that people miss is belief. Yeah, they they don't believe in themselves. Like, you cannot achieve anything without belief. It's like, yeah, well, I'd like to go and do that. So, as you just said, no, I am going to do that. Well, you know, if I get a chance to... It's kind of, you must believe first and foremost. I've just got a sickening, you know, crazy, unwavering self-belief that if I say I'm going to do it, I will do it. And, you know, the amount of times over the years that I've been laughed at when I've said I'm going to go and achieve this and I'm going to go and achieve that and I go on to achieve it and it's kind of like you ain't laughing anymore. Um, But the reality is I believe everything. Um, And people don't. 
people just don't believe. And I don't get why they don't believe. You know, I look back and I think, but then you look at like how you grew up and I look at how I grew up. Like you're constantly told, oh, don't do that. Oh, don't do this. Oh, watch out because that might happen. Or scarcity, scarcity, scarcity mindset. Be careful. Be realistic. Like, you know, you go to a primary school or a secondary school and you've got a teacher, you know, that's, um, you know, doing 25 grand a year that's in charge of what subject you pick next year. And he's like, you can't be anybody better than that. What? Because you've given up on your dreams. You're now telling me that I can't go out there and become whoever I want to be. So you've got to be so careful in terms of who you take advice from and not to take in, you know, other people's um, other people's kind of projected fears that they can't do it and they try to project it on you. And I look at the system and I go, man, you know, if I'd have, if I'd have not developed that self-belief, like I love my mum to pieces, but my mum didn't tell me that I could be anybody in the world. My dad didn't tell me I could be anybody in the world. My, not my family, my people, they didn't tell me that I could go on and become a king and do whatever I wanted. And so, you know, a lot of people aren't able to break the mold and don't have the belief and they believe all of that. But the fact of the matter is we're all born as equals. If I can do it, then why can't you? And if somebody else can do it, then why can't I? You know, I read Lord Sugar's book at the age of 22. That's what inspired me to start my business and quit my job and take out a 15,000 pound loan. But the real lesson I took from that is I read his story and went, hang on, he's done all of this. He had a similar upbringing to me, kind of, um, he didn't have money. He's done all this. He's gone on to achieve billionaire wealth. I thought that billionaire wealth meant that you must be coming from, you know, the House of Windsor or wherever it was, you know, where you've been given the bloodline and you came from um, succession. And actually, this guy has gone on to do it himself. Wow. Do you know what that did to me? It opened up my eyes to go, I've been thinking about this all wrong. Now I'm going to go for it. And that's exactly what I decided to do. But belief is the number one ingredient. If you don't believe, then you aren't going to get anywhere. It doesn't matter how much money, how good your idea is, um, how much of a good person you are. If you don't believe that you can do it, it will never happen. Mate, I, I think that's going to be one of the, take, the takeaways from this when I do some of the advertising on this podcast, mate. That's, um, yeah, mate, I feel pretty inspired now, mate. <laughs> you inspired me there, man. Um, I mean, that belief. I'm guessing I'm picturing it now. You were probably watching The Apprentice and you probably just said, I'll win that show. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And then that's what, and that's what happened, yeah? Basically, yeah. I mean, I've watched it for years really- and years and years, but I, I kind of, um, I used, you know, I used to, like, I presume that you watch it. Um, yep. And like, you know, the, the vans, you know, the black vans that used to pull up and they'd get out and, and then like they intro bit at the beginning when it would go around the gherkin and, you know, around the shard and kind of show you that bit of London. Like that was just like, all I ever wanted was to become a London businessman. I was like, oh, I'm going to be that guy. And I, I used to vision it, man, way before it happened, years and years. And you know, I used to tell everybody, like I went, I lived in Australia when I was 21. I remember when I came back and the guys that I was traveling with, like times, and well, I remember like when we were on like Fraser Island and we were drinking and smoking some weed and we we're having a good time. And it was like, listen, man, when I go back to the UK, like watch, I've had my time now. I'm just going to go and enjoy i'm gonna go and re- like because i've been i've been enjoying life doing the traveling thing i was i'm gonna go back watch i'm gonna go and win the apprentice i'm gonna go and build a business and those guys reminded me of that years and years after like 
dude, right? do you remember that time on Fraser Island when you told us all um, that you were going to go and do it? So it was kind of there for so long. And then the sequence of events that just happened after that were kind of almost mad, you know? Um, it was, I got back from Australia. I went back to the same job, 50 grand a year as a gas engineer, good salary, yeah. But, you know, I was miserable. I left England because by the time I was 20, I'd already smashed it in the kind of the trade world. Didn't really have any other path of progression. And I wanted to go and see the world. I thought, damn, is my life stopping now? Am I going to service boilers for the rest of my life? 10 boilers a day in and out, just one after another for the next 40 years. Like This isn't me. So that's why I left to go Australia. But then when I came back, um, I came back in kind of the summer. Then by Christmas time, I'd got a house again and I was kind of back on my feet. I was 22 or 21 or 22. And then my mum got me Lord Sugar's book. And I read it over the three weeks over Christmas. What you see is what you get. And it changed me that much that at the end of it, I quit my job, took out 15 grand loan from Tesco and started a business pretty much the next day. It was like, I am going for this right now. But, well, did you advertise? Did you have, was this Improgas, the business? Yeah. This have is, that and yeah. then apply for the apprentice. Is that how it worked? Did you have... Yeah, so I had the business. So I started my business because I read his book. Yep. Then three years later, I sold him half of it for two hundred and fifty grand, and he became my business partner. How was how was he as a business partner? I mean, did you get much time with him? Once a month, we got um, to see him. Yeah, so I had a board meeting with him once a month. How was it? Was he all right? I mean, it was just a crazy, crazy experience. Like if I, when I look back now, it kind of seems like a lifetime ago, but it kind of seems like it never really happened. Um, it was just really, really, really weird. What was and, the show? Um, like? I mean, what was the show? Was it scripted or was it, was it very kind of, no, nah, definitely no script. It's all real. Like it's kind of, it's all stacked in in it's all stacked against you to try and lose man the tasks are brutal they want they like they put as many barriers in place as possible um to try and make you um you know screw up or lose or look like an idiot so it's not even like real life you know because if you approach a lot of those tasks in real life, you know, you're going to be able to smash them easily, but you don't have phones, you don't have Google, you know, you yeah. don't have all of that type of stuff. They put barriers up against you and things like, you know, when you have to go and pick a brand and you have to color it and they're like, why did they pick that color of neon yellow for that brand? <laughs> well, actually what they don't show you is behind the scenes, they give you only three colors that you can choose from. Oh, really? Yeah. So there are some things that are really set up to screw you. And then you're like, what do you mean you're giving me orange, purple, <laughs> to be, um, you know, a kind of um, a corporate brand? These aren't going to look good. And then everyone on the TV is like, they don't tell you that there's a hidden rule book behind the scenes. Um, you know, and then that's to make it even harder for you. But what, what was your favorite task? The uh, Got to be the construction one. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of, I want immunity on that one. That's never been done before. So that was a big achievement. Um, but it kind of, that was kind of the winning task for me, I would say. I, mean, um, I think you had that in the bag straight away, mate. I, like, you know, you see the people on it, you think, oh, they're going to go pretty, pretty fucking far. And I was yeah. Like, yeah I, think, I think he's got this one. The rest of them, I think he's a lot, he's a damn sight better than any of those people on there. And he likes the salesman, doesn't he? He likes a pure salesman now, then, doesn't he, when he, when he does Yeah, that. 100%. Uh, but it was an incre incredible, incredible experience. So one of the best things I've ever done.
Oh, mate, yeah, mate, you should, be, you should be proud, mate. I actually applied for it a couple of years ago. Um, and then my my business partner told me to stop doing it. So I was like, oh, oh, really? Yeah, he's like, they're going to make you like an idiot. I was like, I don't know if they will, but I'm, I'm a bit dopey, mate. So people pick on me. So I mean, <laughs> it's the dopey Essex, man. You can only look like an idiot if you are an idiot, I think. Um, you know, they can't, um, they can't, um, I'm not saying you're an idiot, by the way, but I mean, <laughs> they, like, they could only make you look like an idiot if you act like one they can't make you say stuff they can't make you do things i don't care about editing like people always oh yeah but they edit you to look like an idiot no they don't they just edit what's there like there's oh you can only be edited to look like an idiot if you say something stupid if you don't say something stupid you look like an idiot like there was one point when i was like um i'll give you 500 pounds for seven champagne glasses and as I said, seven champagne, I was holding up eight fingers. Like that, was, I was an idiot. Yeah, I held up eight figures as I was saying <laughs> seven champagne glasses. So they couldn't edit that. I held up the wrong amount of number on my fingers. That's <laughs> what I was negotiating for. So it's kind of like, um, but if you go on there and, you know, stay true to yourself and own your shit, um, then people can't, you know, they can't mess with you, you know. No, oh, mate, I rate that, mate. I rate that. I'll be, uh, you never know, mate. One day, mate. One day, I actually, um, I met Linda, Linda Plant. Yeah, nice. Yeah, she's a lovely, lovely lady. I was, I was terrified when I first met her, but she's absolutely <laughs> lovely. So I'm trying to get her on the podcast, actually, but hopefully she listens to this in response to my email. But, yeah, um, she's a nice lady, actually. Um, and, you know, these guys, they are human beings. You know, they, they, you think they're these brutal sharks. And, I mean, Sugar is ruthless. You know, he is like he is on the TV, but like Claudine and like um and Claude and Linda, like they're not as bad as they come across. They have to play a character on that stuff. Sugar's just downright, you know, um, savage. Yeah, I can say that, but then I guess just how you become a billionaire, isn't it? I guess, but uh, exactly yeah. right. You you can't. Um, you, you know you're what it's like, man. You build a business, you scale up, you you know you you take shit. People try and screw you over. There's loads of things that can imagine on that journey. Like I've seen it um, in 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 kind of the the businesses that I've been involved in. Um, lots of different things that can actually turn you into quite an arsehole because you're just sick of taking shit from people. Um, you know, or people trying to use you, or kind of people just taking the mic, or you know, people trying to ruin what you've built. Like there's loads of stuff that happens on the journey to success that as you grow, they can make you a little bit bitter and twisted. You just got to be careful that it doesn't ruin who you are. Um, you know, you don't want to change who you are for kind of, um, you know, what other people um, have done to you. And, and I do feel, you know, if you read Lord Sugar's book, like for years he took brutal shit um, when he was in charge of Tottenham Hotspur. Like it was daily press of just yeah. like, Abuse, abuse, abuse. So that stuff's going to make you bitter, man. I don't care what anybody says. Like when you're that abused in the press, like it makes you, it's going to have an impact and it either has really negative impacts on those weak minded people and you know bad things can happen as we've seen to celebrities when they get you know a lot of abuse and you know um, and sad things happen or you know you go the other way and you turn into an absolute brute and you control it kind of in a different way and I feel you know he's obviously took a lot I, I respect the guy a massive amount he obviously took a lot of shit in his life and um, he's a savage guy but you know as you say you've got to be ruthless at those levels man it's not 
game plan. And, and I think it, I think it kind of, um, a lot of people just don't understand. Yeah. And unless you're running an international company that does business in every country and, you know, all of the things that you've got to be able to manage and people you've got to be able to deal with and what, how you've got to be, then you can't really gauge as to whether he's kind of savage or not. But, You've just got to know that Issachar, it's a, it's a different level, man. Yeah, I mean, I love kind of hanging around with people that are more successful than me. It's, it's part of the things that I kind of I preach on this podcast. But, like, you've got to surround yourself with people that you kind of want to be like. Uh, yeah, 100%. They are rude. A lot of them are just fucking ruthless. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, goes against my little Catholic boy roots, mate. But, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, you got the Forbes under 30 didn't you the 30 yeah. under 30 how did that come about so after the apprentice I kind of um you know it was a it was a massive high yeah it was like the winning the world cup winning you know a premier league winning a title fight whatever you know whatever champion you want to be of something that was like me being the champion of business in the UK in kind of that was like how much it meant to me and how much of a pet, you know, what else am I going to do in my life that's going to put me in a competition against, you know, and the people, there are about 60,000 people that apply in the UK and become number one in the country at that thing. Like, you know, it was kind of such a high for me with a massive low. Yeah, like after it, and it all stopped, I was like, fuck, like this is what, I need to replace this shit. So, like, I then went on a, an acquisition of achievement, wrote a book, did a podcast, building the business, applying for every award. Like, I needed to be back at the – I needed recognition. You know, I was I was desperate for it. And it wasn't a bad thing because it was making me do positive things, yeah, i.e., like, writing a bestseller and all of that type of stuff. But Forbes came about because I was applying for every opportunity that I could. And applying for Forbes 30 and 30, it was eight out of 18,000 people. It was in Europe. So Forbes 30 under 30 in Europe. So I got categorized as one of, they do 30 people under 30 in like each industry. So out of construction, I was one of the 30 entrepreneurs in Europe to watch as Forbes 30 under 30. I got a placement on their website, got a profile on their website still to this day. And that was like a real, real cool achievement. You get to be in Forbes alumni. Um, so, you know, it was pretty badass, to be fair. Mate, it's fucking cool, man. <laughs> but it just comes from, that came from a real drive to try and be back into, like, I needed I needed something. And, you know, I kind of said, touched on that earlier with you, and I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I've been, like, maybe a little bit lost for a little while in terms of what do I do next? Like, I've done so much by 30 wrote a bestseller, built a national company, largest company I built, um, when won The Apprentice, got in Forbes, number one podcast in the world on iTunes. It's kind of like, what else, else, what is there in life that's next that I can do that's on a level that's going to give me the satisfaction to say, that's better than all of those things that I've done. Um, and it has made me kind of drift a little bit and go, I don't even know what to do next now. I don't know where to set my sights. Like, what is it that I can achieve that's going to give me that feeling again? Because um, I don't, I definitely don't want the apprentice to be the biggest thing that I've ever achieved, kind of from a brand point of view. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think your, your biggest achievement's about to come with your little baby boy, mate. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably your biggest achievement. But I get what you're saying, man. I get, I get it. It's almost like a drug. 
isn't mm. it? You bad, you bad, you know, your, your highs have been your apprentice is like your crack cocaine. <laughs> now you want to get back on. You try and find something new to kind of. I mean, what, what do you think that definitely, be? most definitely, yeah. and what do you think that might be? I mean, what, where, what's going to be the next fix? Well, I want to. I'm, I'm setting my sights on. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm trying to grow the business that I'm currently into 100 million by the time I'm 35. So we've got a strategy in place to work on that. I want to be a billionaire by the time I'm 40. Um, so that's nine and eight and a half years out. So I've got a couple of things lined up there um, in terms of um, personal brand. You know, we launched America in, in kind of in, in May. That was a big one for me. So claim now that I'm an international entrepreneur. I've sold some product in America. Um, uh, TV, I, I would love to get back on TV, but this time I want my own show. I've got a concept for a show that I'm going to be pitching out to producers, which is kind of an apprentice-style show um, with, like, challenges and tasks with um, people. We can't talk too much more about it, but um, – I'm going to be working on that, and I want to and I want to bring, use that to kind of, you know, do a bit like an X Factor style, create a real cool concept in the UK, and then franchise that um, franchise that show concept out across the world, and um, just you know, just do some cool shit. I mean, it's kind of like what is what hasn't been done. Like, what hasn't been done? Like, I don't just want to blend into all the same shit that is happening right now. I think, you know, I'm, I'm quite excited about the cannabis industry. I think there's a massive, massive opportunity there. Um, I'm quite excited about space. Um, I think, um, you know, space entrepreneurs kind of turns me on because it's almost, you know, it's bigger than this world. So that kind of is something to strive for in terms of uh, – because if I don't have something that I'm waking up every day going, that's impossible to achieve or almost impossible to achieve, I'm kind of miserable. You know, I can lose motivation very, very quickly if what I'm doing isn't um, big enough. You know, some people might say, well, fucking hell, what you are doing is insanely big. Like, but if, if for me, it doesn't feel like it's big, like I'll hit the gutter pretty quickly, you know, and I'll have to try and find a way to sort of pick me back up. So I just want to, I just want to live potential. You know, I feel like we've got so much potential and the more that I settle for average and the more that I lack going for it. And, you know, you know what it's like the days where you convince yourself that you're happy. And you convince yourself everything you got's okay, and I've done all right to get here, and all of that stuff. Like, I don't like those days, you know. I'm not interested <laughs> in those days. I want to wake up and tell myself that I haven't done enough, that I am better, that I can do ten times more, that I can be better than I was yesterday. Um, and so for me, it's about making sure, you know. And that's not for everybody, you know. Some people are going to be listening to this thinking he's nuts. Like that's ridiculous. Like you need to be happy. You need to make sure you're content, blah, blah, blah. Everybody has their own way of living. And my happiness is being pushed to the absolute limit um, of um, almost inachievable goals. And that's where I'm at my most content, I believe. Mate, I love that. And Joe, you know mate, the people that can't relate to that are the people that won't, you know, they won't have those goals. They'll just simply just be happy with their little lives, you know? Yeah. And that's why it's difference between content people and ultra successful people i think anyway i think it's just that's that kind of and joe it's a bit of a cross to bear in life sometimes because you are never content are you there's no you know sometimes it would be quite nice to speak i'm uh i wish i was as ambitious as you mate i mean i'm ambitious geezer but you are never content i'm never content and when i am content i think content is dangerous you know i think i can't remember who it was it might have been grant cardone that said it but 
It was um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And that rings very true with you, mate. I think. And it, you know, in, in, in ter- it is a burden to bear. Like I'm sometimes I'm just like, man, like why can't you? Cause it is, it's never. And I, I very much, as soon as the goal is achieved, it's like, right. Okay. Well done. Pat on the back. What's next. So the satisfaction and the feeling that I get from it only lasts for a very, very, very short period of time until that feeling has gone again. And I do, I have tried to find a balance, but I just, I can't really find it. Um, but like purpose is an important one. And I think, you know, getting to this age and doing all of the things that I've done for myself, you know, one of the big drivers in starting my first business was to get my mum into retirement and pay off a mortgage. And when I was able to do that, you know, that kind of left me in a little bit of limbo because I was a bit like, wow, well, that was, I was so obsessed with doing that for so many years. And now I've done it. It's kind of like, shit, I'm just doing it for myself again. So I'm looking forward to the purpose you know, getting up every day, looking at my son's face and going, right, I'm going to go and build an empire for you, boy. You know, yeah, kind of that type of vibe. Yeah, I think the purpose is bang on, mate. Having someone to do it for, obviously yourself is obviously to do it for, but having a little one, I think is mm-hmm. massive, mate. I mean, I'll do it for my dog, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. but, uh, as I long mean, as it's bigger than you, it's all good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what advice would you kind of give to... Uh, to kind of young Joseph, what would you, what would you, if say you go back 10 years or even 15 years? Think bigger. Think bigger. Think bigger. Believe and think bigger. Like the light, the universe, you know, ask and you shall receive. It is done unto you as you believe. You know, these are things that were written in the Bible and people don't pay attention to them. They think that the secret was the reason that everybody started to learn about the law of attraction. This shit's been preached for thousands of years. The universe has your back if you believe. If you don't believe, it won't come true. But if you believe, you can achieve anything that you want. And, you know, you are only limited by um, how big you think. You know, you are the one that's limited. You know, look at Elon Musk. He believes that he was going to, he believes he's going to um, colonize Mars. He will do it. Yeah. yeah. He will do it. Like he's, he's sending people to space. He's doing everything that he's doing. But, you know, how many people would wake up every day and go, you know, I can't go and make more than 25 grand a year because I don't have the skills. He's waking up and going, I'm going to go to Mars. You know, so if you, if, if, if he wants to wake up and thinks I'm going to go to Mars, then you can wake up and think whatever you want to think. But people just don't think big enough. And they're limiting themselves. There's no rules on how big you can think. Nobody's set the rules and said, you can't think beyond the 100,000 pounds. You can't think beyond the million pounds. You can't think beyond the billion pounds. You can't think beyond a trillion pounds. Nobody's set those rules. We have been put on this planet with free will and the ability to create whatever we desire. We are creators. Yeah, human beings are the only people that are out of um, sync with their environment. You know, animals, they follow a code. You know, they know they have an instinct. Humans are here and they're completely distorted because they don't fit in this environment. So that means that we have to create the environment that we want. So belief, you know, think big and just believe, believe, believe. Because, you know, what's going to hurt you if you miss? Nothing. Yes, mate. Mm. I hope the people take something from that because it's. Uh, I find it hard trying to inspire people sometimes, mate. So I think it's having someone else drill it down their neck, mate. I fucking love that. Mm. I mean, what um, what would you like? Obviously, working hard, earning loads of money, mm. cool. 
Well, how do you treat yourself? Well, I mean, I know you, I think honestly, one of the reasons I was following you, because you, you've got a car close to my heart, um, with the SVR. Yeah. Um, I had an F-type SVR. I fucking loved it. I got rid of it. Stupid. Nice. But um, how, what, what do you treat? Cars? Is it watches? Is it? property is it holidays what? i treat myself by giving to giving to other people you know one of the the best things that t- the, the thing that makes me the most happy is seeing other people happy with things that they couldn't have been able to get themselves i.e um you know giving my mum something special or my nephews and nieces or people around me it's kind of i get such a buzz from giving you know, more, I, you know, I, I, I buy suits, I buy cars, I buy whatever, you know, wherever it is. I go out for lovely dinners and do nice things. But that gives me some satisfaction. But there's nothing better than giving, you know. I just get such a sense of joy from it. And that just ain't some corny bullshit I'm saying because I'm on a podcast. You know, that's <laughs> it's real shit, you know. It's real shit. Like, I really enjoy it. That's what makes me happy. Yeah, mate, I get that. I get that vibe from you, mate. You've got a kind of an un, like a uh, underlying niceness about you. I'm not just saying that because you're on a podcast, but you, <laughs> you, you, you got a good vibe, mate. I like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, and lastly, mate, it's a question now. I'm basically getting free business advice from people, but mm-hmm. um, the last question I want to ask you today, mate, is if you had hundred grand, yeah, what would you invest in, and how? What would you do with it? Um, I'd invest it in advertising. Okay. for um, some form of training program. Now, what is it that you do? So I'm a surveyor, mate. So I've got a building span practice and a valuation span practice. So, so I would uh, be looking at how you can package the skills that you've got and put it into a course and sell it. And I'd pump the money into Facebook advertising, run webinars and sell the courses on the webinars. I've made seven figures in 10 months um, you know, by doing just that. And it's kind of such an easy route to market. And there is such demand for new levels of education now because people don't want to go to university. They don't want to take the traditional routes. They want to kind of learn. And I'm not I'm talking about university, but, you know, if there's other people in your space, let's say you're super successful in what you do and other valuers aren't doing it in the way that you do it. Well, what can you sell them that teaches them? There's more money in the teaching now than there is in the doing in most cases. You know, that's why there's so many companies cropping up that are teaching people. And I believe personally that if you've got a method that's worked, people will pay you lots of money to shortcut. Everybody wants fast track, baby. They don't want to do it the hard way. You know, I say always at the end of my webinars when I do it, would you rather, you know, imagine you're walking into a theme park yeah, you've got those people in life that are going to go into the theme park and they're going to look at the queue and they're going to go and wait in it. They're going to wait three or four hours to get on that ride, to get that buzz, to get that feeling, risking that the car, the ride could break down, they could get injured, the park could close. And then you get the other people that go in there and they look at the fast track stand and they go, you know what, I'm prepared to pay some money to get on that ride much faster and the fast track people with you know the day and age that we live in with everything being at the click of a button want it quickly and that market's just growing and growing and growing and if you it's not get rich quick but it's teaching the knowledge that you've spent the years developing um to sell it it's easy to do put it into advertising quantifiable advertising What's my investment? What's my cost per lead? What's my cost per acquisition? What's the size of the market? And if I can get the numbers right to make that cycle profitable, I will pump and pump and pump the money in the front end until the cows come home. 
Yes, mate. I've yeah. Just, just give me some free for thought, mate. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, like the education industry is booming, like, um, and people are just wanting shortcuts. And if you've got actual good um, strategies that can be replicated and people can implement, then teach it to them. Um, and sell your knowledge um, that you've acquired over the years. And you'll probably make a shitload more money than you do in your normal business because it's very, very profitable. You make a course, it's got 100% margin when it's made, and then all you've got to do is keep selling it. There's no delivery. It's kind of, especially if you don't sell any back-end coaching with it or anything, it's kind of you know something there that can just keep growing and growing and growing. You know, personal development is a big, big one. Love that, mate. I love that. Yeah. And last thing, mate. So um, obviously, trade mastermind. Um, a lot of people listening to this. A lot of people in my industry are, um, you know, construction professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, so you probably got a nice little audience here, mate. Um, who who should kind of get in touch for trade mastermind? Like what people like on like, like, a last little sales pitch, mate, and then we can close. So if you're a construction it. business owner and you want to scale your organization, if you need help with sales, marketing, infrastructure building, strategy, um, operations, scale up recruitment you know we cover every element of business growth we don't teach trade specific we teach business fundamentals how to acquire new clients how to position your brand in your business how to create your usp and how to sell it you know and all of the stuff that kind of comes with it um you know the construction industry is changing and it's changing rapidly you know i've called it the construction revolution the way that you need to advertise the value that you need to bring the brand that you need to build the way that you are found by your customers the service that you need to provide it all needs to upgrade nobody's interested in you know as we said at the beginning you know unreliable builders that don't turn up or you can't get hold of or um you know that kind of um you know don't have a website or don't really update their social media like people want service they don't want that anymore and they want brand they want you know uh, they want value. They want they want something unique. And the simplest way to build a business is do what other people aren't prepared to do. Simply do what the competition aren't doing. It's quite straightforward. I think people overcomplicate it. The reason I build businesses rapidly is because I look at what's already being done. I copy the good bits. I get the. I, I do away with the bad bits, and then I add the JV magic on top of it, and then um, that's when it kind of just scales up rapidly. But all you got you haven't got to reinvent the wheel. You've only got to upgrade it. Love that, mate. Yeah. Love that. Well, guys, that is today's podcast. A massive thank you to Joseph, mate. So thank you for your time, mate. I really appreciate yeah, you no coming problem, on. Buddy. And um, yeah, we'll I'll put all Joseph's details in the little Spotify, iTunes bit at the bottom. And um, yeah, thank you so much, guys. I hope you've been inspired and uh, tune in next week for the next episode. Speak to you later. <laughs>